Welcome to Upwell, the podcast. I'm Sarah, and this is my beautiful co-host, Katie. As fellow female entrepreneurs turned friends and now business partners, we are so happy you're here. With every episode, it is our sole purpose to share authentic conversations to inspire your personal level up. Take our curiosity at your best intentions and flow with us in the Upwell. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Upwell, the podcast. I'm Sarah. This is Katie. And we are so happy you're here. Yes. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back. Um, Today's episode has been a long time coming, I think, because we have referenced it on (laughs) many previous episodes. We're talking sugar today. The sugar show. (laughs) So before we started rolling, I was like, yeah, what do do we want to talk about? You know, kind of talking points, get some statistics ready. And we're kind of mapping the episode out. <laughs> Katie tells me what she had for dinner last night. Share. <laughs> I had two scoops of ice cream for dinner last night. <laughs> I work right next door to an ice cream shop, like a little one of a kind ice cream shop. It's not even like it's a, a, a DQ or a, you know, Baskin Robbins or anything. It's a cute little shop, PJ's ice cream. If you're in Mantino, um, super cute place. The ice cream is so good. And they just opened up because they're only open seasonally in I had ice cream for dinner. I know. I know. And that's funny because when she was saying it, I was like, hey, we got to be real with everybody. It's not like we don't eat sugar. It's not like we gave it up for good. Right. Um, Just because we know the implications (laughs) of it and what it can cause doesn't mean that you have to deprive yourself forever. Right. And we were talking too. It's so hard because ice cream, I don't know how you work right next door to an ice cream shop like that because- to me, those, especially like those small town ice cream shops that are only open at certain times of the year, that signifies summer. Like to me, it's just, I don't know if it's nostalgia or what it is, but I'm like, oh my gosh, ice cream, it's summer. Yeah. And they have a boatload of different flavors and it's just, oh yeah, two scoops in a cup. Yeah. I think I would have to blindfold myself leaving work. I'd be like, no. Like uh, one of those, like on horses, blinders, literally. You know, I go in and out of the back door oh, of the true. office a lot. So I don't go by. Next to it. <laughs> next, to it. next to it or in, in front of it. So that way it's kind of like, all right, out of sight, out of mind, out of yeah. sight, out of mind. So last year I only went twice. The year before that I went, I can't even remember. I don't even know how many times I went that year. Um, But then, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to go once and I'll go. Because I, I have four flavors that I like. I and so. That. I get my two in the beginning of the summer or beginning of the their season. Two to close it down. And two to close it down, and I'm good. I think good. I like that, though, because you're you're making a – you have a plan of attack, and I think that can make it feel like less of a struggle, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty I'm pretty conscious when I'm looking at foods or the foods and then I'm eating what the sugar content is in them. Um, it is – in the society that we live in today, it's really hard to completely – be void of any, you know, any sh- like sugar completely. Oh, yeah. uh, it's in everything. So it's, it is kind of hard to completely devoid yourself of that unless you're really on a pretty strict. And when I say diet, I don't mean like um, something you're doing temporarily, like the diet that you actually eat is completely devoid of sugar. Um, it's, you know, but I am conscious of it to make sure I'm not overdoing it. And yeah. Some days I overdo it. So. Yeah, we're all human. And Sugar has been around since the dawn of time. So it's not like, you know, our bodies utilize sugar for a lot of different processes, Mm -hmm. but I think it's, we've become so disconnected, you know, with our food Mm -hmm. system 
as to how much we're consuming mm-hmm. and the types of sugar. So I'm excited to dive in today because we are going to talk a little bit more about um, the sugar industry itself and where you're going to find sneaky sugars and the artificial sugar industry, which I think is another big hot button topic right now. Yeah, because one of the statistics Sarah found uh, while we were doing some research for this episode uh, was actually how much sugar we consume on a daily basis um, and what that compares to from a while ago. So Yeah, so I wrote down a couple notes just because I thought they were super interesting. Uh, On average in America, we eat about 34 teaspoons of sugar a day. So if you can picture, you know, like a spoon from your drawer, 34 of those is what we consume on average. The recommendation based on, obviously, it would be a very big variable, but the recommendation by our government, by the FDA, is 10 teaspoons. Yeah, so we're over-consuming by 24 teaspoons a day. Yeah. Uh, on a, on average. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, these are all averages. So because some people might be more, some people it might be way less. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And then annually though, this one was really kind of alarming and shocking. Uh, we're consuming about 150 pounds, pounds of sugar each a year in America. Individually. Individually. Wow. Yeesh. I think about like, we're so basically like some people are eat, are eating their body weight in oh in yeah sugar yeah and yeah. you think about I guess I I like envisioned the palette of sugar at Aldi you know, right? <laughs> right. the grocery store <laughs> when you walk by and you're like oh my gosh mm-hmm. like that's a lot of sugar mm-hmm. 150 of those individual bags I mean that's a lot now how did that shift like how has that shifted over time because yeah. I know we talked about that uh, the the shift in how that we've gotten to this point where we're we are consuming so much sugar. Yeah. And that's funny. A little history lesson for you. I know. I love this side of it because this is the part that kind of got me intrigued into the whole sugar statistics in general, but they call it the standard American diet for a reason. (laughs) It's what we, most of us live our lives consuming, right? Mm -hmm. And the acronym is SAD, which essentially. (laughs) Because it is. (laughs) It's what we end up with our, with our health and our lives, unfortunately. But I want to preface the whole sugar conversation with how added sugars became so prevalent in the standard mm-hmm. American diet. So if you think back to like the World War II times mm-hmm. where women had to enter the workforce instead of staying home, raising the children, cooking home-cooked meals, that's when the industry of uh, like prepackaged convenience foods kind of took off. So people ran with it, you know, obviously with good intentions. I don't think there was ill will in the beginning because it was to make people's lives easier, to make things more convenient, you know, and to make sure people were fed. Yeah, definitely. At the time. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a it was a much different time where a lot more more of the population struggled mm-hmm. with getting enough. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was a solution at the time to mm-hmm. the problem. Well, then they noticed alarming increases in obesity. You know, Mm -hmm. people were gaining weight, people were getting fatter and they kind of correlated it to the amount of fat they were, you know, at that time it was still a thought that consuming too much fat made you fat Mm -hmm. where we'll have a whole episode about this, but that's not necessarily the case. You know, they've debunked that they've disproven that. So what they did was start removing the fat from a lot of the convenience foods and the prepackaged foods and replacing it with sugar because obviously it had to be 
it had to taste good for mm-hmm. people to want to consume it. It's not like people are going to go around eating cardboard. So they replaced those fats with sugars mm-hmm. and here we are today consuming those hundreds of pounds of sugar. And like, sugars were seen as a carb as instead of, you know, what they what they really are. They are kind of just a, they are a carb. Don't get me wrong, they are. But it's, you know, they they didn't see it as like the the enemy of of the food at yeah. the time. You know, and as more stu- as more studies have have gone on and as time passed, we have come to realize what has happened since you know, the mid forties. Yeah, definitely. And on top of all the other additives and, you know, preservatives and all these things that are in the standard American diet, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, in a lot of the foods that we consume, it's, it's led to so much more disease, addiction, Mm -hmm. you know, and just compounding problems, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that there are nowadays, there are at least 56 different types of sugar. Most of which are made in a lab and are synthetic, and you have made up of probably over a hundred different things. We'll just put it that way. Uh, that we don't know what they are. They're they're synthetic. They're not, you know, not a naturally occurring sugar. Because don't get us wrong, the naturally occurring sugars in the world are not bad for you. The fruits, the you know, the stuff that you're that you're going to get that kind of just happen naturally, <laughs> um, aren't, aren't the enemy here. It's the, it's the added fake stuff that's being put into the foods. Yeah. And I actually, you know, when I work with my one-on-one nutrition clients, that's something we focus on a lot is the misleading labels because unfortunately, like I said, in the beginning, it was used as a tool to feed the masses, right. Mm-hmm. To feed the population with convenience foods. Well, then the industry caught on, you know, to they were making a lot of money from 100%. it. Hundred percent, they caught on to the profit. You know, mm-hmm. they were they were banking on mm-hmm. people over consuming. So and people going to the store and depending on them for their food as opposed to growing their food, which is what they once did. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was just such a big shift. I think mm-hmm. in our timeline and very quickly. Yeah, hundred percent. And you got to think about too. I know this is kind of off, not really off topic, but the way how fast our society has evolved, mm-hmm. evolved, and how little human anatomy has evolved. You know, mm-hmm. like so many things have changed and the way, I mean, humans, humans, functionally, e- yeah, humans evolve quicker than any other species on, on the planet. I'm but in terms of, how, uh, in terms of our cultural standards, I think is what you're saying Yes, is in terms it our cultural standards in comparison to the actual physical evolution, even though our physical evolution is very quick. It is. Our cultural evolution, I think, is even more like faster. Like yours. Yeah, exactly. Faster. Like physiologically, mm-hmm. you know, it could take us a couple hundred years to adapt to things. Whereas like with technology and science, mm-hmm. things are changing so rapidly. Mm-hmm. It's like we can't even keep up. Right. So, yeah. yeah but going back to the the misleading labels. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, there's so many different names for real sugars, for fake sugars, for so for all the things, because now that those industries are profiting and now that there's science coming out showing that sugar can cause so many ill things, you know, literally yeah. in our lifestyle and in our health, you know, people are seeking that they're mm-hmm. looking and they're being more conscious of mm-hmm. what they're eating and reading labels. So now now here is where I I don't think they have good intentions anymore. You know, now these companies have caught on to people looking, seeking out sugar and trying to remove some of it from their diet. So now they have to create new forms of 
sugar or artificial sweeteners to keep the same taste and to trick the majority of the people reading labels. Yeah, from realizing what they're actually eating in, in terms of what's listed on there. And have you ever seen the diagrams of who owns what? Oh, yeah. There's about three companies that own everything. That own everything. If you, the little, the little tree yeah. that branches out, and who, gross, who owns actually. what is, it's pretty, uh, pretty unsettling that, um, uh, mm-hmm. some big companies own some of these other companies and the two are completely contradictory. 100%. In, in theory are contradictory of each other. So yep. that's a, a wormhole we aren't going to go I down. Know. In, in this That's going to be a fun one someday. <laughs> Can't wait to talk conspiracies with you. Um, but you did mention some of the um, the ill effects that it's having on our health. Um, just a couple of episodes ago in our um, Importance of Electrolytes episode, we talked about um, how sodium is also often deemed as the enemy for high blood pressure, where in actuality, we did mention that sugar Sugar is your, is the enemy there. And the reason being is that there is a chemical compound in your body called nitric oxide that basically its job is to relax your blood vessels so that blood can flow appropriately to your heart, to your, to your extremities, to your brain. Unconstricted. Unconstricted. Yes. Unconstricted. And sugar constricts that or prevents that from happening, prevents the, prevents nitric oxide from doing what it needs to do. So that ultimately leads to your blood vessels contracting, which ultimately is what causes high blood pressure. Yeah. Vascular mm-hmm. dilation is uh-huh. what it's is, is the technical term for it. Yes. And yep. so it, it becomes this, uh, where, you know, when, then when you're your cells are not your cells, but your blood vessels are constricted. Then other organs start to malfunction, and your, your body's ability to absorb your electrolytes, mostly specifically sodium, become inhibited. Inhibited, yes. Yeah. So it's it's quite the it's quite the interesting kind of web of how it all how it's all connected. But um, you know, high blood pressure is going to lead to heart disease, heart attacks, stroke, and it's also going to lead to brain health. You know, like it, the brain, our brain health and, you know, sugar is going to lead to memory loss, which then inhibits uh, blood flow to the brain, which is the leading cause of dementia, which you were mentioning something to me about that before we, we started shooting with what dementia is now labeled as. Yeah. They're actually like new science is coming out about the correlation between sugar consumption and neurological disease disorders. Um, but they're actually calling Alzheimer's and dementia type three diabetes. Yeah. Which is unsettling to think, you know, that that's, that's happening now. But it really just kind of proves the point about how the impact of sugar consumption Mm -hmm. touches almost every, every part of your physical body, you know, in some way. Yeah. And sugar, sugar is going to lead to weight gain. As well, like the, the, it, it's going, it, sugar prevents your body from doing so many of its natural occurring functions that it needs to do, especially these synthetic sugars. Um, it's going to lead to obesity. Obesity is another major reason for high blood pressure. Um, you know, and sugar is also going to prevent your body's ability to, uh, again, not even just sodium, but just your, the, the natural absorption of nutrients that you need for a healthy 
body. So, you know, it's basically we're overfed and undernourished. Yes, I was just going to say mm-hmm. that. And that to me is the the diabolical side of being overweight. Yes. You know? And I'm not body shaming. I'm not shaming anyone that struggles with losing weight. I myself have been overweight and I have gained weight, lost weight, you know, all those things. But And I even currently, a B, if I'm being very transparent, very honest, I currently in the state I am in could stand to lose some pounds. Oh, me too. Yeah. Me too. So it's, you know, nobody's, you know, every, it can happen to anybody. Yeah. Like she said, we're not body shaming anybody, but there's, there is a correlation to your health and your weight. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And going back to the overfed and undernourished piece, it's, you know, when we're struggling with being overweight and your insulin isn't functioning properly, which leads to other hormonal imbalances, which can lead to neurological things and PCOS in women. And it's like, Mm -hmm. like you said, it's such an intricate web. Mm -hmm. Everything is tied together. So I think that's the piece, you know, in this episode that we want to want to get everyone really to recognize is that, you know, we're not fat shaming or demonizing Mm -hmm. sugar itself inherently, but we want everyone to just have a better picture of how everything works together. So that leads me to talking circling back to what you were saying about food labeling and having so many different names for sugar itself Mm -hmm. and it being generally confusing to the public, (laughs) you know, it's so confusing. So you can, you can bet almost that everything that is in some sort of package has some sort of sugar content, even if it says zero grams, because it can be um, an artificial sugar that isn't considered a sugar mm-hmm. and still be present in the product without them having to label it as such. So it can be known by many, many names. I even believe that the um, when something is listed as natural flavors, yeah. they don't have to, in a sense, list what natural flavors are and the sugar can be kind of hidden yeah. in there as well. Uh, and natural, the natural flavors are really just a code, a code word for, again, a hundred different things, chemical things yeah. or synthetic things that are mixed into natural flavors. There's very little transparency required, um, for these food companies mm-hmm. by the FDA. And right. that's another thing. That's a whole nother topic that I'd love to dive into someday because there's such there's such few restrictions. It blows my mm-hmm. mind sometimes, you know, when you think that these governing agencies would have such power over what companies are producing that is deemed safe for mm-hmm. the population to eat. And they really, really don't. <laughs> so going back to the artificial sweetener piece too, it's, I think people automatically assume that artificial sweeteners are perhaps better for them or since there's no sugar present that the food that they're consuming is healthier is a better option um and science is disproving that too i just read a couple studies recently about the impact the negative impacts of artificial sweeteners and some of the things that they stated that were pretty blatantly obvious in a lot of the studies that they've done um was that it definitely caused digestive issues and going back to what Katie said about the bo- inhibiting the body's uptake of certain vitamins and minerals that was a huge one you know mm-hmm. being overfed and undernourished it's it's not allowing your digestive system to absorb all of the nutrients from what we are eating so that's a that's a huge problem um and then they correlated it to mood disorders obviously the neurological piece again negative impacts on your immune system and that again to me 
goes hand in hand with digestion and your gut health because gut health and your immune system are tit for tat. They're like one and the same. Um, and then the increase of cancer, your risk of developing cancer was astronomical. I was really actually shocked by that because I, I guess I just never really thought about it, but I, I don't remember the statistics. I will link something in the show notes for people to look into that more, but artificial sweeteners obviously are on the rise. And I, I feel like it's apparent to me that cancer is on the rise as well. So it's just another correlation. And cancer actually feeds off of sugar. Yeah. That's how it grows in yeah. the body. And that's how it spreads in the body um, is through the sugar, the sugar component. Like if it's, you know, it's basically your, you're giving it fertilizer by giving, yeah. giving, if you give cancer sugar, you're giving it fertilizer. I always picture um, the way I explain it to people. Cancer cells are like Pac-Man mm -hmm. and like those little bubbles mm -hmm. are sugar mm -hmm. and it seeks them. You know, mm -hmm. it's trying to win mm -hmm. the game mm -hmm. and it seeks those little bubbles mm -hmm. as food to keep it alive. So, yeah. And that's actually another, um, another component of, uh, nitric oxide in the body is it helps, um, with, uh, immunity cellular function. Um, so if again, that, you know, leads to kind of one of the same with the immune, immune comment you made in the yep. cancer risk, you know, immunity and cancer, you know, your immune system's weakened usually when you're developing cancer, obviously cancer happens for a lot of other reasons. So don't at me, but <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I'm just saying, you know, like it all, it, the, the, the two are, the two are related. Definitely. And like we said, everything's related. And I think going back to the, the overarching theme of just overweight and obesity being such a problem is that those are really the underlying cause for so many chronic illnesses, mm -hmm. whether it's autoimmune, neurological, mm -hmm. or stroke, heart attack, you know, blood vessel problems, you know, mm -hmm. it's all kind of stems from us being overweight a lot of times, mm -hmm. not again, not all the time. Um, but that's why I think the sugar conversation is so important because it is such a, a piece of the puzzle of our weight problems in modern society. Yeah. Cause I mean, you can be skinny fat. Oh, hundred percent. I was 100%. skinny fat for years. Yeah. Years and years and years. We will that. definitely do an episode about that because I'm I am all fat. about body composition and talking, you know, skeletal muscle mass versus mm -hmm. your weight because mm -hmm. it's a much more important number. And we can tie in body dysmorphia with oh, that too, I know. which is which is a huge struggle. huge thing that I think more people than we think struggle with than we than what we realize for sure. But yeah, well, this was a good one. I mm -hmm. feel like it was a good tip of the iceberg when mm -hmm. it comes to talking about sugar, because mm -hmm. we were talking before the show, before we started rolling and just the amount of information that we mm -hmm. could overload you with <laughs> and that you can find out there can be disheartening and overwhelming. So obviously our goal is to empower you to make better choices, to educate yourself a little bit more. And that's that's why we created the show. Yeah, <laughs> literally. We might, we might call this one Sugar Show Part One. <laughs> yeah, I love it because I think there's so many different avenues. Mm -hmm. We could go down all of the paths that we talked about today and give you a ton more pinpointed mm -hmm. information. But mm -hmm. I think this is a great starting point yeah. for understanding what sugar is, is doing to your body physically. Definitely. And it, it might give you just a little moment of introspection or self-awareness to where you can look at your own personal sugar consumption, and even, you know, just really start to get in touch with how it's impacting you 
personally, because I think a lot of people are very disconnected um, with what they're eating and what they're consuming, food and otherwise, and how it could potentially negatively impact them. And I hope it also gives you a little bit of encouragement to start doing some research on your own of understanding um, what is actually labeled in your food. And if you can't pronounce it and you don't know what it is, I encourage you, we both encourage you to look that up and really see what it is and what it can do to your body. Um, That's the best way to advocate for yourself and for your health. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Yeah. I just, you know, I think a lot of people just follow blindly. And I think that it's time to start really doing the research yourselves and not depending on somebody else to tell you. It's it's fine to look for inspiration in places, but if something inspires you, then it's your responsibility then to kind of take the research further. Knowledge is power, baby. All the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the time. All right, guys. Well, we want to thank you for joining us for another episode of Upwell the Podcast. You can find us online on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Upwell the Podcast. You can find me personally at barefoot.katie. You can find Sarah at Sarah Barron. So until next time, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other and the world around you. Bye. Bye.